0: All right. Let us start. What do you got for us? If you could spend the weekend in any city, which would you choose?
1: The
2: weekend. Dude, any city. I'm to broaden my horizons. City. I immediately just thought of like U.S. And I'm like, wait, no, yeah. any. I, I was like anyway. San Antonio. Wow. Worldwide. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worldwide. Any city.
0: Oh.
2: Hmm. Where Golly, would you um, There's... I don't even know the name of the city, but... There's a small town city or whatever in Switzerland Hmm. that I've seen on several like travel things and like hidden gym, like videos and stuff. And it's just like the town got stuck in a certain era and has never left. Like nobody drives cars, nothing. There's no cell towers. And it's gorgeous. Bruges. I don't know. Maybe, but it's, it's a very beautiful place. They're in a valley. And so everywhere around you is just the most magnificent mountains. Everything's super green. The sky's very, very blue. And then all the houses are like those cottages covered in vines and stuff. And like, they have like bright colored doors. So like bright Mm. blue, bright red, yellow. Wow. And it's the coolest town and everybody like works with their hands They're farmers or cattle Mm. or, or goats and stuff like that and ride bikes. And I was like, dude, if I could if I could spend a weekend anywhere to like decompress, get away. Right. It would be whatever this town is in Switzerland. I, I, it, it's amazing. Sounds great. Hmm. Hmm. If, it, if anybody's listening, you mm-hmm. can comment if you know what town that is. <laughs> You've i You've never been. Like, yeah. if yeah, I've never been. Um, or you can like uh, <laughs> send me a link yeah. to the <laughs> National Geographic video
1: it was on. Mm Hmm. There's so many places I'd like to go. But the first thing, the first place that came to my mind was Chicago. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go back. Yeah. It's a pretty cool place. It was fun to visit. And I got to watch my favorite football team play. So that was pretty rad. That's right. Mm -hmm. He's a a Bears fan. Bears. Da Bears. Da Da Bears. bears. Yeah. Nice.
3: Um, (laughs) I guess for me... Yeah. I don't know. London. 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 Yeah. Okay. I really I went to London once and yeah. uh really enjoyed it. And it's a really cool town. There's a lot happening there, just a bustle of people. And it, I didn't even see half of it. So I mean, I didn't even see a quarter of it. Yeah. Um, so I've always wanted to go and then take my family with me and then just kind of just relive that experience. It was a lot of fun. So there you go. London.
0: Yeah, I'm with I'm with Lee. I think I would go London. I've never been to Europe. Um, oh, cool. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's what I would pick at a bunch of shows and whatnot that I everything yeah, yeah. There. and I'm it's, like, hey, right. it's
3: kind of yeah, it's, it's it's kind of yeah, it's a, it's a cool New York, L.A. all rolled into one. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a cool scene because you've got a lot of culture that comes from there that's influenced a lot of places yeah. in the world. So yeah. I I think my other thing I I've of course wanted to go visit the the, the ancestral home. Oh, right, yeah. You know, Scotland, Ireland, and, oh, yeah. and all of that. So, I would like to also yeah. go to Dublin.
2: Yeah, we yeah. talked about that, and uh, day, yeah, so some other podcasts too. So, I mean, there's a lot of places. There's a ton. Love to sure. spend weekends at. Mm-hmm. I to go mm-hmm. to
0: Dubai. It is funny because. Dubai. my my brain went immediately to the U.S. as well yeah and yeah I was no. like oh yeah Same. worldwide I yeah we can back. go anywhere yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: shoot I just was like Houston I was like
1: Pearland. <laughs> let's go
3: to Sugarland. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go to Galveston and then I was like oh San Antonio and then I was like wait a second <laughs> he's at doing? anywhere yeah I, was like, anyway, wow, I haven't
0: okay. been
2: to Sweeney in a while. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going out to Bailey's Perry. You know, West <laughs> Columbia's got a new coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Shout
2: out to right. shout out to all of our uh, circumferencing
0: cities. Great yeah. places. Yes. But I could get there today if I had to Yes. So. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Not London. All right. Well, with that, yep. welcome to the podcast.
1: Today, we embark on a solemn and reflective journey as we remember and honor a day that forever changed the course of history. Today, we pause to commemorate the event of two decades ago, a day that shook the world and left a mark on our collective consciousness, a day that unfolded with unimaginable tragedy, but also one that showcased the resilience, unity, and strength of the human spirit. So join us as we embark on this journey of remembrance, reflection, and reverence as we talk about... September 11th.
2: Yeah. Okay. This, um, this might be um, the heaviest, maybe the deepest podcast we've had up until this point. Yeah. We've had moments leading up to this one that were kind of heavy. So any listeners right now that are, are tuning in, maybe this is the first time you're even listening to us. Um, just kind of a warning right off the bat. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into some stuff that could be traumatic, maybe uh, for people's memories. Maybe you've experienced this before with 9-11, um, but just want to let you, know, you guys know we're going, to be, we're going to be talking about this subject today, um, and it can, be, it can be a little bit heavy. So um, as we get started here, we're going to dive into kind of the first question that everybody talks about when you reflect back on 9-11, and that is, where were you when, um, when it happened? Like, where were you on that day um, so Jason, I know you had a unique experience with this and I want to, I want to have you kick us off sure. and, and tell us what that looked like.
0: Yeah. So uh, I was, I was in the military at the time. I was in the Navy. Uh, I had just gotten married.
1: Thank you for your service. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, August 30th, uh, I had just gotten married, had flown into Texas to get married, spent like a week here. Flew back out to California, got on a carrier, and uh, we went up to Seattle, I think, for like a fleet week or something. And then when that was done, we were on our way back, so out in the Pacific Ocean somewhere, uh, back to San Diego. And uh, I had just gotten off of a, like a night watch and was heading back to berthing, And like people were, you know, just kind of gathering around or whatever. And it was kind of an odd odd thing. Everybody was quiet, but watching, there were several people like yelling about world war three. And, uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> yeah, like I just remember kind of looking at the television. The first tower had just been hit. I think at that point when I was walking in and then, um, you know, I started to watch and then actually saw the second. Um, but there was this weird, this weird feeling in the room because like said, you know, we're in the military, we're in the Navy, we're the next ship that's on on the schedule to go out, um, so we we're supposed to go and relieve the ship that was out there um, in the Middle East. And so we've been doing all the power testing and everything to get ready. And um, you know, in that moment of watching that happen, I think everybody in that room knew if this is foreign, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's any other country, we're leaving tomorrow. Like yeah. that's right right we we should have another year before we go but like this changes everything yeah and up to this point everybody that i knew hadn't really served in any dangerous place right like yeah i mean there was a few who who'd been in for a long time um but for the most part it was just world cruise go around you know stopped at a few ports and at this point everybody's now Okay, this is real and we're about to have to go out and we might not come back. Yeah. Um, And so there was that that sense of that in everybody. And most of the people around me were, you know, like 18, you know, 18, 20 years old. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird, weird experience. And then Jackie was actually my wife was actually supposed to fly in September 12th. So that because, you, know, you know, we just got married yeah. and uh, obviously that didn't happen because, you know, all the airports and stuff were closed. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So I was off in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. Uh, we were supposed to pull in the next day. And um, the safest place for a ship to be is out of port. So they were like, don't don't go back. Yeah. And so we just stayed out there for a while while they kind of figured everything out. So, wow. That's yeah.
3: intense. Yeah. Happy marriage day to you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so Sounds it, like quite
0: the honeymoon. Well, well, we, well, we got back to port and they basically said, hey, everybody's going to get two weeks off. We'll time it so that we can get everybody two weeks uh, vacation. And then we're gone. Um, so the day before my birthday, wow, um, we, we took off and we hit a couple of ports on the way out. Other than that, it was pretty much like three, three and a half months of just doing figure eights. Um, in the Indian ocean and anything that you saw on the news, like bombs dropping, anything like that, that was, that was our crew. Um, again, just a weird, weird experience every day. Um, they would fill up the hangar bay with ordnance, bombs, whatever. They'd load them up on planes every night. They'd empty the hangar bay. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: and that was like three and a half months. Wow.
3: That's a lot of ordnance to yeah, carry. Oh, yeah.
0: Thousands a day. Ha, I mean. Every day, another ship would pull up. And um, and we'd reload. And then they would just go drop it. That's so, crazy. Yeah. It's a, it, you know, it was a weird, weird experience. You know, as I thought back, like, I personally was not involved in the loss of life. But mm. the crew that I was with yeah. was definitely responsible for the loss of life. Yeah. So,
2: Yeah yeah, I think, I think you have definitely the heavy story probably of any of us here. Um, Mine is probably the, I'm I'm the youngest here, I think by eight years or something. So mine was, I was pretty young and I was in school. Um, I remember it just being, I was in science class, right. And my teacher, we've been learning about electricity and like how pathways flow and everything like that with, with, storage batteries and lights and everything. And I remember we're in one of those lessons in the middle of class and another teacher opens the door, kind of, kind of looking frazzled, disheveled. And she runs into my teacher and whispers in her ear and then kind of runs back out the door. And I hear her as she leaving, say, yeah, turn on the TV. And so my teacher stops what we're doing. Doesn't really think anything's too crazy. She's like, all right, class, just hold on one second. We're going to turn on the TV and check the news real quick. And so. And you know, we still have those big like cube TVs hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. So she turns this the TV on and switches over to the news. And, and literally like within a second after she turns it on, that's when we all saw the second tower get hit mm-hmm. and like all live live. Yeah. yeah. And us kids, we were just kind of confused. Like what just, where is that? What just happened? And yeah. I know my teacher like gasped and like, she couldn't believe what just happened. <clears throat> and she was like trying to talk to us but was also just like completely absorbed in what was going on on TV. And so right. we, I remember the rest of the class, we're just sitting there watching the news unfold and, and there wasn't a whole lot of broadcasting, like a, like a person saying what's going on because nobody could speak. You just had cameras shooting. And I remember the newscaster, you just heard um, like they were kind of pausing. Like um, I, I believe the second tower just got, I'm not sure if yeah. this is an accident. They're like completely confused. And so are we, and I remember school just like ending like parents started showing up in the middle mm-hmm. of our class and we're taking wow. their kids out. Um, and school was pretty much in done at that point. I remember getting early let out. Day too. Yeah. It was early in the morning and yeah. by lunchtime we were all home. Like I remember yeah. I, I, I lived pretty close to home. So I just walked home when they let everybody go. And, uh, For the rest of the day, that's, that's all it was, was new. The news was on and everybody, every TV in your home, that's what it was on. We were listening, we were talking, trying to figure out what was going on. And uh, yeah, it, it took over from then on out. Like there was not a day that went by that we didn't watch or talk about that. Um, And uh, it took a while for me to understand fully what happened uh, being, I don't even know how young I was, but it took a bit. Like I knew something was off. I knew people had lost their lives. I knew it was serious. Yeah. Um, it was very obvious that it was serious. Um, even in that moment where I just thought a plane accidentally hit a building. Like I thought that was really tragic. And then as the story unfolded and I became more aware of what's going on, like it, it, it was like a deep settling kind of fear of what was going to come of this. So that's what I remember of that day, just being in school and everything kind of coming to a halt from seeing that on TV. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Go ahead, Eric. I was a youth minister at the time. I was actually in the fellowship Hall painting the walls and, you know, listening to the radio. And uh, then someone came, you know, the, you know, the broadcast was interrupted and they said something all about the, one of the twin towers being potentially hit by an airplane. <clears throat> and, and as soon as I heard that, I, I booked it to our youth room and turned on the TV and I sat in front of the TV for the next, I don't know, hour, maybe two. Um, same same as you, basically. Uh, I was watching what was going down and then watched live as, yeah. as the plane at the second tower. And uh, just thinking to myself, what in the world is happening? Uh, but this is real, you know, this is real. Yeah. It just kept going all over in my head. Uh, ran home after that, turned on the TV. I, I don't know that, you know, everybody at home knew what was happening. You know, the kids were obviously too small to, you know, know what was going on. And, but I I remember I, you talk about it the news being on all day long. I, I put a this is so this long ago. I put a VHS tape in and just hit record. So I literally have a whole VHS tape that's just raw news from that day. Um, wow. Uh just hearing everybody trying to speculate it's a lot of the same stuff over and over and over and again and of course since nobody knows what's happening uh, you know and 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 they're just as blown away too they're trying to figure out what to do you know and a lot of these uh, the news shows that were on they weren't local they were you know like the the news shows from in, in New York so so they're like they're trying to figure out You know, what's going on? It's just down the road from them. And, you know, do I I'm sure they're thinking, do I need to leave? Uh, But they they stuck it out. And I just remember, you know, just being stuck in front of the TV all day long, you know, hoping like everybody else, I'm sure for answers, you know, wondering, you know, it's it's the same thing. It was just the same stuff being said over and over, because, like I said, they didn't know what to say. And I remember later on that evening. They were interviewing someone from Israel. I don't know why, uh, but they were interviewing someone from Israel, and he seemed very indignant. Might be the word. I don't know. He seemed very just like dismissive about this whole thing. And he goes, "I don't know what the big deal is." And I just remember, th- I was just that. That took me aback, and I was a little bit offended. Like, what do you mean you don't know what the big deal is? Like these two planes just just hit, you know, these towers, and and they collapsed, and thousands of people just lost their lives. And you know, and he goes. Man, every day my kids go to school and I don't know if they're coming home. Yeah, we get rockets shot at us and bombs that go off all around us every day, yeah. and I don't know if my kids are even coming home from from school every day. So this is like an everyday thing for me. So I don't understand what the big deal is. So there was one of those moments where I was f- frustrated. I don't say it was angry, but it, you know, there was a moment of like, how dare this guy? But then, but then it's that perspective of, oh yeah. Yeah. But then I had to pause and be like, well, this doesn't happen to us every day. So it's yeah. kind of a yeah. big deal. Not to dismiss what he has to go through oh, or what his yeah. family has to go through yeah. on the daily. But I think that was just one of the reality checks of the moment uh, for me with all of that going. Man, I'm, I, I'm so, it, it's so easy to be, you know, our life in this little shell, yeah. our life in this little box or whatever. And yeah. we don't see everything going on in the rest of the world. And we just become consumed with what's happening around us. And I think that's one of the big things that, you know, that day did. Perspective shift. Yeah, for me was that. What hmm. about you, Lee? Yeah, so
3: I was uh, going to college at Brazosport College at the time. And um, I had ordered, uh, pre ordered the POD satellite Uh, album. It came out that That day. day. And so I jumped in my car. I went to a class that morning. I jumped in my car. headed to the Sunshine Christian Bookstore in downtown Lake Jackson. remember that. And I walk in and everybody is freaking out. I mean, there's just a weird vibe in the air and people are. (sighs) And then there's the there's like it sounds like the radio is on in this Christian bookstore. And normally it's like, you know twilight paris or something anyway so uh you know i walk in and it's just like what in the world is going on you know why is the what's the radio doing on and and then there's people kind of get a tv you know and i'm like what is happening and uh shane newby's like did you hear and i was like did i hear what he goes um there was a plane hit the, the world trade center and i was like what and he's like, and yeah. And I was like, in New York? And he's like, yeah, in New York. And I was like, Oh, and I was like, well, what's going on? Like, do they know? And he goes, no, they don't know. And you hear it and you're like, and now we're telling you, and they didn't know what was going on. They are just, they're yeah. as clueless as the rest of us. And um, so, yeah. So I, you know, I just was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, I need to get home to, you know, I still live with the family, uh, my, my parents. And so I need to get home and, just kind of, let's just, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, so I went home and, uh, we had a, you know, just kind of like, you know, talked and whatever. And we, you know, then it was the question my dad worked for Dow. And it's like, well, do you think Dow's a target? And I'm like, yeah, I think Dow's a target. And it was just a very, very odd day. And, um, was interesting it was a very interesting day the the album was great uh and and very appropriately timed you know you think about um the songs that came out of that album and just like like the day like that that time period like the youth of the nation and just like all the songs that kind of came out of that album and there's just like i don't know felt like they were kind of i don't know you know like even like here comes the boom, because it was like, and we yeah. as America are going to bring the boom yeah. on whoever did this. And it was like this, like anthem for people like, yeah, like it became a military song, yeah. and, which was weird. um, But yeah, it was very or, or satellite, you know, yeah, it's, it's, satellite. It's, I see, you know, basically God saying, I, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah, there was a it was a very odd time, but it was also a very um, it was interesting. It was it was interesting to see. Um, and, and that leads into our next question. And it's like, how is life different after? And I think that from that day forward, I, I loved, uh, George Bush's speech. Like we know what evil is. And he started talking about what evil is and the the word evil. And we, as a culture just kind of like swept evil under the rug, but you know, it suddenly became to the foref- forefront for all of us. It's like. Evil's is a real thing and we're seeing it. Yeah. And there's people all around the world that are having to deal with this. Now we're dealing with it and here it is. And what are we going to do about it? And um, so that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about what came out of that is seeing the um, American people and just us as America wake up. And suddenly it was like, hey, there's evil in the world. You got to you got to make a choice like this is all pretty black and white now. Yeah. You know, at that time it made everything real black and white. Like there's evil there's not evil, you know, like, so it was, uh, yeah. So that's my story. And I feel like that's what came out of it for me. one of the things I I saw that came out of it, how life was different.
2: Life was definitely different for me. I think even being younger, like most, like I, I was still in those formidable years of, of like just becoming who I was going to be. Yeah right? Like especially middle school and all that stuff that I was going through, but this happens in like shapes an entire generation. Um, and cause that's all anybody talked about for like four years, like literally every year I was in school, like it progressed. It mm-hmm. like more of the story opened up over the next eight months after the, the attack. And you begin to uh, unre- unravel all the networkings, all the things that were happening behind the scenes that we didn't know about at first. Like, some of this, those, some of these people had been watched. They were on a watch list, but it just kind of yeah. slipped through the cracks and in, in some areas that, you know, it, it just, it happened. And uh, you start to see um, this progression of fear through everything we did. Um, nobody wanted to go to large gatherings. People were speculating. I saw new updated lists every day about. Well, we just found this piece of intelligence that said, like you said, Dow was a target. Yeah. Uh, this place was a target. Houston was a target. Like yeah. all these different places were on a list that they said was a target. Um, so and these other places just happened to be on the list first. And there could be more attacks that are coming. So, yeah, like in being living on the on the coast where we have a huge Dow chemical plant and other plants, like we've lived in fear for like a good year. <laughs> like, yeah, not knowing if something was going to come eventually. And then the war, obviously, like what you had to experience firsthand back home, we're just getting all the bad news constantly um, paired with patriotism that started to become more and more insensitive, to be honest. Like at first it was great. Like we did come together and we were like, yeah, we're going to put an end to this. But then the end never came and it became more fear mongering and more like just. It, it, it for me as a kid, seeing that constantly get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's like more control. Oh, we're not done. We're not done yet. We're going to go to this other country, too. Or we're going to move into here and do this. Yeah. It just never stopped. And so for me, I just it, it became an America that was just filled with war. And mm. and I think one of the darkest things I kind of mentioned to you guys before we started this podcast and I'll talk about it now because I don't want to dwell on this for too long because it's really a hard thing to talk about. And a lot of people don't like this, but. For me, the things that stood out the most is that I had friends I went to school with who were Middle Eastern um, and they came from that culture. Some of them Muslim. And after this whole thing unraveled, there was this weird racial tension now that developed. Like people who'd worked together for years now just started to have um, these tendencies to look at someone different. And treat them differently and be afraid of those people because they're like, oh, one, they're one of them and just automatically assume, assume that they are a terrorist or could be. Um, so there was like this racism that started to happen that wasn't really there before, especially for uh, Middle Eastern culture. And uh, I saw how it affect several people in our in our community. And like, didn't feel like they could just go out and go to a store anymore. Right. They started changing the way they dress. Cause they didn't mm-hmm. want to be seen with their, uh, their garments that would normally garb, be, yeah. yeah. Religious garments and things like that. I have to not wear those when I go out um, because then people are going to judge me or look at me differently
3: or attack you. Yeah,
2: yeah, very much so. And we saw that all over the United States, even on the news and stuff. And, and, And it became really ugly, really fast. Um, I I remember, yeah, because I remember rumors would start,
3: the rumor mill started, and it was like, so-and-so, that Middle Eastern guy that owns that convenience store over there, yeah, he posted, you know, it's like, what? He did what? You know, and so, like, this, I mean, just some crazy stuff started floating around, so I
2: definitely know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, (laughs) It it's like, yeah, that's, and I hate talking of, about it because it's an ugly truth. Like it just yeah. is. Um, and I, I'm saying that's even for myself, like the fear was so real after an attack like this. And then not only like, not just that that attack happened, but being told that it could possibly happen again in, in yeah, your yeah. area. And then, then saying it was this people group who did it. Yeah. Right. Um, it almost like when it was I, like even Muslims, in me, I was all so Muslims. Fr- yeah, yeah. I was so afraid that when I saw them too, I the, the thought was like, could they be, could they, infiltrating because it'd be gathering Intel mm. um, I mean we live right next to Dow there's several of several uh, Muslim families work and provide for their families through Dow like yeah. is this a thing and I, I mm. hate that it, it yeah. came to that um, and that's not to say like what we did after the fact wasn't good there's a lot of good that came I mean I, the, our hands were forced really I mean when you do that as a country you should stand up for your people. And, and go and go after those who do evil. Like you right. said, but it's what you do after that, that defines the character. Um, and I think we, we, we took a lot of wrong steps. Um,
1: Fear does that. It does. It it Mm. really, it really can challenge uh, the character. I mean, of a person, you know, obviously the character of a nation. Sure. And you made it, and you, you said it well, I mean, there was some patriotism that that Mm -hmm. turned into nationalism that then turned into racism, you know, which is, you know, natural progression as those things get, you know, blown out of proportion for lack of better words. And that's unfortunate that that happened, Um, you know, to, it's, it's. It's something that's happened all through our history, and mm-hmm. not probably not just. It's not just our history, but you can definitely see yeah. Yeah, through our through our history for like sure. Human sure. nature, right? you're yes. right. There's
2: that yeah. sin
0: nature of mm. you said fear does that too, and yeah. yeah, that's that's one of the side effects of fear is that you yep. you start to try to protect yourself, which means then if you can you know keep others down or away, like whatever, um, that starts to come out. And yeah. we, I mean, we saw that like, yeah. happen um, mm-hmm. in real time. So, exactly. you know, we, we had another view of that evil yeah. that we were talking about and that wasn't out there. It was in here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and desperate people do desperate things. And when people got desperate, that's exactly what happened. You know, I mean, we all wanted to be, we wanted to feel safe and there was some, you know, there's some things that we were willing to be like, I'm cool without that. As long as I feel safe, you know, I think, you know, that happens as well. Uh, you, you know, you talked about, uh, Ray, you said something about like uh, people didn't want to gather uh, and, and to a degree, I would, uh, you know, I, I saw that too. But the other thing, uh, speaking of gatherings, one thing you couldn't, couldn't uh, ignore was the fact that churches were packed. Yeah. Churches e- for mm-hmm. sure. Even yeah. the government went to church. Like yes. that was some of the, some of the things we saw that following week were like yep. churches filled with, you know, yep. um, the, the president, senators, politicians, you know, you know, I, and I don't know if that was, you know. You know, this, the cynic in me was, you know, is that posturing? But like there was they were all there. So there's I think there's a part of that where people are like, hey, we're all scared. yeah. And, and in this moment, we're all recognize some things that we would debate later on. But like, yeah, you know, in case there's, you know, I'm, I'm for sure uh, for some, it was like, in case this is real, I'm going to hedge my bets and make sure that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be a church. It's that old. You know?
3: There's yeah. no atheist in, th- in foxholes. That's right. And so, Yeah. 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 Man,
1: and then you know, going to the patriotic side man i if you if you were an establishment that sold American flags, you know you sold out, yeah, yeah, which is ironic, you know that we would come you know that's also cyclical cyclical too in, the, in the, depending on what's going on in our history, where yeah. you know if some people are like they're anti american but we live here of course, you have the freedom to say whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. um but in moments like that, then it's like you know you know, God bless America and let's stand together and, you know, let's be unified. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, everyone was like waving the flag and then you can you know, have those moments. Whereas that wanes and, you know, people settle back down in. It's like, you know, yeah, you have the opposite yeah. kicking. But I did think, you know, that was one of the things that I thought was uh, life different afterwards. You know, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of patriotism. Uh, flying was never the same. No. Uh, and still no. isn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That definitely
3: so. changed.
2: Yes. Yeah, have to take my
3: shoes off.
1: Yeah, so flying is very, very, bill. very, very different now. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I I am uh, very often randomly picked for a pack.
2: <laughs> yes, and by often he means every time he gets to
1: the airport. Pretty much <laughs> every time,
0: <laughs> all of like the ninety five percent of the time. Uh, yeah, I'm always uh, the random search guy. Yeah, because um, it's amazing. It's, again, sam- Asian. Sam- it's sam- the summation uh, part. The yeah. Sam- yeah, it's the Samajian yep. parts. me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've just I just have fun with it. Like, and they start. Yep. Doing the pat down. I'll, I'll do the Pillsbury Doughboy thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get to
0: the um, but yeah, yeah, just is what it is. Yeah. But that, that's definitely a big change. Uh, airport flying. I remember being able to go and like see the plane land and like your family comes off and you can yeah. run up you know, and yeah. do the whole scene. They they still do that in television, but obviously that's not the way things were. It's not realistic. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. That was a big change.
2: And nowadays, in those commercials, you just see a person getting tackled halfway running to their family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. never
0: make it. You know, now, uh, I mean, yeah, the world. I think the world in general looked different, but for America or for the U.S., I'll say, yes, yes, was completely different. I, I think what you said earlier, uh, Eric, about you know that kind of waking up and realizing, hey. You know, other places deal with this all the time. Yeah, um, mm. and now we're we're in that. Like we 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 see. Okay,
2: we have a reference.
0: We're yeah, we're not untouchable. Yeah, um, I think that changed a lot of people's view on like safety here.
2: Yeah, sure. Yep. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I uh, like. I know we're. We're down on the time, and we like to try to keep within a certain bound. But I'd love to spend some time on this last portion because really what we're trying to do here today is honor the people who risked their lives, who sacrificed their lives, um, and, and put it on the line uh, when all of this happened. Uh, we have stories upon stories of heroic things that happened in the events of all of this, even yeah. leading up to the first plane hitting, I mean, things that we could never even have known about unless somebody had shared their story. But this, this last question here is how should we honor a day like this? And I know there's many ways you can do it, but simply I think just by never forgetting, continuing to talk about it, continuing to bring up the importance of, of the people who lost their lives and the people who served to protect this nation after something like that. Just mm -hmm. like, I mean, less we forget. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's
0: important to kind of what we've already done. You know, you talk about the good, you talk about the bad. Yeah. Yeah. what We learned from it. Yeah. Because, you know, if if we don't deal with what, you know, that, that bad, the evil part of it, then we're just going to do it again. Right. Like the, the next time we'll go through the same cycle and it'll just get a little bit worse. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like even reflecting on on that aspect of it, even though that's kind of hard.
2: It is. Yeah.
3: You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. One of the things that I did after this, um, I've always loved different cultures. And so I had worked in an electronics manufacturing plant in Sugarland before I went back to B.C. And I had some very devout Muslim friends. And so for when this whole thing happened, I did not really understand the I honestly it's always kind of been a blind spot for me but I I grew up hey we're all one race there's not multiple races and uh, we're all you know all came from Adam and Eve so we're all one race and so there's different cultures and different religions and different nationalities but so when I had these Muslim friends and I understood who they were and I understood what they were about um One of the things that came out of this for me, and I think it is a way that we could honor, is to go the other direction with this and not try to alienate ourselves and try to draw away and and hide behind our bunkered walls, but to reach out and to understand and to have relationships with people that we wouldn't normally have relationships with. Be open, be loving, especially as Christians, like love people, love on people. And so that was one of the things that I, I became more intentional about after this was when I went down to Texas Stadium and Corpus Christi, I made sure that I had Muslim friends, you know, I, I'd go out of my way and I'd be like, Hey, you know, Hey, you want to come on over and yeah. we'll have, you know, I'd have lunch we'd talk and had some really good friends who came from a Muslim background. Some of them were devout Muslims. some were just grew up in the, in, in that, but recognizing that 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 people are just people and and that they all need to be loved and, and that's really that's where things change is with us, you know, we're loving people and and treating people with respect and honor and trying to have understanding. Um that's where the things change. You know, like nations, they they're gonna do what they're gonna do. They rise and fall. They rise and fall. There we go. Yeah. But you know the reality is we have a call, you know, especially once again, us as Christians, we have a calling to love people and to not be caught up into nationalism or, you know, even uh, certain forms of patriotism. Right. Uh, I once knew a guy who was from Haiti and I once said to him, I said, hey, my Haitian brother. And he goes, no, I am not Haitian. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, I was like, but I thought you're from Haiti. He goes, I'm from Haiti, but my citizenship is in heaven. (laughs) And I was like. (laughs) amen brother awesome you know (laughs) that's that's good and so that recognition of like every we are all we are all the same in god's eyes you know he created us all equally and um, we need to treat everybody that way
2: yeah that's good
0: it's very good it's interesting You, you say love love everybody love your neighbor um i think one thing that this did was, you know, up to this point, yeah, we've had enemies. And, you know, mm-hmm. they obviously you go back another generation and, you know, they would say Germans and, you know, right. why yep. not, right? Yep. Um, but like we forgot, right? Like our generation didn't grow up with that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it it gave us the the understanding of when Jesus says love your enemy mm-hmm. of this is what it actually would look like Yeah, because most people would be like, Oh, my enemy is like the person that like just talked bad about me at school or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's somebody who really is against you. No, like
1: with a hatred for you. Yeah.
0: yeah, This is what an enemy looks like and love them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, I'm not talking about Muslims. I'm I'm talking about like, you know, people that just hate whoever, yeah. yeah, whoever it is. And that was like, I think for a lot of people, the first experience of, what an enemy is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
2: Mm. Eric, what do you, uh, what do you think? How can we, how can we honor a day like this, man?
1: I, I think you said it well. I mean, it's, uh, you know, what, what is the, what is the slogan on every one of the bumper stickers? You know, what is it never forget? Yeah. You know, always remember, Yeah, you know, several of those slogans and, and one of the ways that we have to, one of the ways that we have to go about this is is continuing the conversation. You know, as a school teacher teaching history, mm-hmm. I, I've heard words come out of my students' mouths like, "Why do we have to learn about this? This yeah. didn't affect us." Because mm-hmm. literally, there you know, yeah, none of that, the students that you know, we teach born. today were alive during yeah. this time, and uh, and so you know, that's a stark reality. But that, but but it doesn't. It's not just you know, four nine eleven. That, that's the reason why you teach history. Period. Why do yeah, we need to right. learn this? Because we know the history has a tendency to repeat itself and we learn from mistakes Mm -hmm. and bad decisions, but we also learn um, from victories and triumphs. And so to understand history is, is to understand the present and to also plot the future for, you know, tomorrow or, or plot steps for tomorrow. So uh we you got to keep having that dialogue and in bringing up the importance of you know this is what sacrifice looks like, um, this is like what hatred looks like, uh, this is what the response to that looks like, and yeah. and how you can have you know a say in what that looks like in your life. Uh, so that I mean that's the way you bring it home is when these moments happen you know like the where are you wins. Um, yeah. when you have those moments, you can have actually have those conversations with people and it lead to something beyond their experience just that day. Like, yeah. like Lee said, it, it launched uh, a different perspective towards people or, or, or our more intentionality towards people, which I think is, 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 is beautiful fruit from, uh, from allowing something like this to change a perspective. So yeah. keep the conversation going.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, One of my favorite things ever is to – I love to watch um, interviews from people who served in World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like Band of Brothers have this in it and and other documentaries and stuff you can watch. And I love hearing the stories of what they experienced and where they they were and how they dealt with our nation becoming under attack when – the bombing at Pearl Harbor happened. Yeah, And it makes me think of this because one of the reasons why I grew up with so much respect for the men and women who served and brought us to where we are today, when the world was facing an adversary uh, that was, that was evil, like pure evil, what they were doing to people, groups in, in communities around the world. And, and it makes me think about this and like, this is what we as people who've experienced this, can learn from not only what we faced but also the the things that we did that came out of greed and fear. Yeah. And say I think these things were good but these things we definitely need to learn from and as we continue to talk and share we become those wise old men and women who tell the stories of World War II and we can bring those on to the generations who don't think this affects them. Yeah. And so I encourage anybody who's listening to the podcast. If you were there, if you experienced this, tell your story, keep this alive. It honors the memory of everyone involved, those who lost their lives, those who served. Um, This allows us to continue to, to be better, to learn from our mistakes and also continue to be thankful um, for the love that we can receive through things like this that bring us together. Um, there's a lot of gratitude to be had for that. Um, the camaraderie that comes from just being united against something, which is actually evil. I mean, as Christians, we are united in Christ against evil powers. And there's something that brings us together with that. But continue to share the stories. Those of you who are listening that may be younger, you didn't experience you didn't know. Somebody in your family who's older than you, I promise, went through this simply ask them these questions. Where were you that day? How was your life different? And then how how do you honor? Um, but thank you so much for being involved in this, this podcast about 9-11. I know it's a little heavier, but thank you so much for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time on the 4Thought Podcast.